please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbart, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Right, ladies and gentlemen, Fridays, here we are, fire up. It's uh, another beautiful day in Condo's uh, unit. We're just taking it over. I've had a couple of his bottles of wine, um, slept in his bed. But welcome, Steve-O, all the way out in New York now, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, no, all good here. I uh, arrived safely from uh, from Canada, so uh, second second day into our, our, uh, our couple of weeks in New York, so all good so far, and um Fired up for a big day tomorrow. We're out and about. It's uh, it's the young bull's birthday, so we've got a big day planned. Topped off with uh, Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. Oh, so, ah, the yeah. piglet. Is he? How old is the piglet? Is it piglet or pack? Which one? No, no, it's pack. Oh, it's no, pack. Pack Pack's yeah. twenty-five tomorrow. Sick. Yeah. Wow. man's twenty-five. Quarter so, century. Yeah, big day tomorrow. How good's that? So, Condo, are you ringing the bell in a few days there on Wall Street, getting back to your old, uh, living your old best life again? Uh, I don't think Condo will be ringing the bell, but I have organised. Um, I have organised a tour for us uh, next week, um, which is pretty hard to do these days after nine eleven to get down on the trading floor. So all six of us will be down there for a bit of a walk around, and uh, I don't know. They still won't understand what I do, but I'll try and explain it to uh, to the two young bucks and see if they get something. But um, but no, that'd be good. It's a real it's a real highlight of. If you're in New York, if you actually can get access to the trading floor, it's a, it's a, it's very interesting. So it's the oldest. Uh, I think it's the only, only trading floor that still still operates that way in the world. So there yeah, you go. That's incredible, mate. It'd be good for you too, mate. A bit of a walk down memory lane again. Might even fire you up to do a couple of days, mate, to make up for some of that money that you've spent. <laughs> Try and just quickly get a fucking free holiday. Out of- Woody, a couple of days won't cover it. I think I'd need to stay for a bit, but anyway, we'll work. Well, kind of worry about that when it gets back. Uh, well, uh, in uh, recent sort of stuff, Rasta's ball bag dropped the other day. Condo, you had a listen, mate. We all, look, I think it's our most downloaded podcast, but it's definitely probably our favourite for all three of us. Uh, Condo, your takeaways from Rasta's? Yeah, I just think uh, you can just listen to that guy talk all day, and his ball bag was obviously quite a long one because he covered off on a lot of uh, a lot of areas, um, some real gold nuggets in there. Um I just love listening to the guy. I think he's he's obviously really unique. Um, I think that I, I actually think the podcast was probably as good for us as in, in what we learned and probably for him. And I notice every time I run into him, you know, he's 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 not that sort of foreign person. That probably I don't know what the, what people will take is on Raster out there, but he's always sort of would he you know he sort of always been sort of seen as a bit of an alien, I suppose. He's just such a normal knockabout guy who's just a really good, genuine person. And he was so generous with his time that, that night and so generous with his advice. Yeah, I, I just I think it's his persona. He's just gone with his persona. People think he's this mystical yoga <laughs> fucking doing dolphin rider, but he's actually just a full waterman that loves surfing and loves his garden and, and does shit a little bit differently. And, and people have kind of just thought he was some freak, but he's – yeah. Clever guy, yeah. But I, I feel like if you got every great waterman from anywhere on earth, he'd be right there alongside. I reckon in the top five to ten guys on 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 the planet. I reckon, yeah, yeah. For approaching any sort of wave on any sort of surfboard, 
as you said, he could surf your uh, he could surf your front door. Yeah, pretty bloody well. Yeah, that's the way I see it. But yeah, got so much cool stuff out there, and just really good to hear him. You know, his approach on life is yeah, it was great. And mate, speaking of Waterman, I suppose that leads us to the next thing, which is the Eddie Icow was on uh, first time in nine years the other day, and won by uh, Luke Shepherdson, a lifeguard. Yeah, I had. <laughs> He had two one-hour heats. That's how long the heats are. So yep. you surf twice and then you're allowed uh, four waves in each heat and they add your best two from each heat or your best four rides. You might get four waves in your first heat that go towards your total. So, Any, anyway, he just had two hour-long breaks. <laughs> so he won the eddy, like, which the last time it was on was in 2016, so seven years. And instead of getting on the beers, he went back to work. He finished the day off at YMA. Are you kidding? Yeah. He, he put, just finished back on the Didn't have a beer, put his lifeguard stuff on, got his trophy in his life, North Shore lifeguard gear and then just went and sat back up in the tower at YMA. There's two towers, I'm pretty sure, and he sat, sat there till dark. They, they don't lifeguard to a time. They lifeguard till a, I think it gets dark. Unreal. That's one of the great stories. It's one of the best stories ever. And people are trying to complain that it, like how could he – Go and do these hour-long breaks and, and you know, disregard his life-saving stuff. What? That, that was like blowback. Who? It. Just fucking peanuts on, on the internet. But he, um, I mean, if you want anyone saving you in massive YMA, it's fucking that guy. Shit, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I love. This is one of the great stories. It's like you've got the world's best from yeah. all around the world. Yeah. And there's a bloke there every day who fucking probably pulls people out of the water most days or does what he can. And he says, you know what? Well, fucking, they give him an opportunity. <laughs> and he, he doesn't just take it with both hands. He bloody kills it. Um, so, no, well done to him. That's And, Woody, it was like watching apartment buildings just roll set after set out there. It was unbelievable. Condo, you obviously watched every bit of it. What was your takeaway from it? Oh, geez, I, I just think I, it was just amazing watching. But I think the two things that stand out to me, and I think um, uh, I'm chasing it pretty hard, but after watching Michael Ho, if Michael Ho was in Australia, you'd love to get him on the podcast, quite obviously. But the 65, that way he took off on with uh, Ross Clark-Jones, and let's chase Ross Clark-Jones to get, get him for a live podcast. Yeah. The next one that we might have in May, I reckon Ross Clark-Jones would be unbelievable. 58 years of age. Michael Ho's 65 years of age surfing, as you just said, Barnsley, like skyscrapers just collapsing on top of them. It was just, I mean, how inspirational is that? I go back to Pete Roberts' podcast, actually. I think Pete has a great saying, use it or lose it as you get older in, in terms of the body. And you look at Michael Ho, um, he surfed at Dahui uh, in Pumping Pipe, and then he's out at Waimea Bay. Like, could you imagine Coco and Mason sitting on the beach watching their 65-year-old dad battle out in that? You'd just be... You honestly would be thinking he's not going to come back in, and he just does it so so effortlessly. Yeah, mate. The, the last two weeks for what Michael Ho, yeah. um, Ross, Clark Jones. Ross Clark Jones, and Kelly Slater have done in terms of defying age. So we all sit around and hit our thirties and go, "Oh, geez, I'm getting a bit old," or "Oh, the joints crack." These guys are charging the biggest, most oh. you know, consequential waves in the world, and and doing it with a smile on their face, like. I um I've taken a lot from those three this week. I'll stop my whinging and just sort of you're right. What Pete said's true, mate. Use it or lose it. So yeah, fire up. You just got to keep pressing on. I think I think looking at Ross, Ross, especially Ross's approach and Mikos, they're not the fittest guys in the world. Slater obviously way fitter. Um, just their just their mentality. The mentality is what got them there. What got them out there. That's why they surf so well. 
I reckon that. I reckon that is probably the the biggest thing. Like just the, how well they are, how confident and comfortable they and are, experienced. and experienced. But mm. they just weren't doubting themselves. I think nah. when you get older, you doubt yourself a well, lot. Well, do, well, also no. But do you do you not? Do you? They, they've got nothing to prove anymore. They've done everything. They're out there purely. You don't go out. You don't paddle out um, at that sort of wave in those sort of conditions unless you're kind of loving what you're doing. I reckon there's a, there's a genuine love there where you're going, fucking, this is getting my heart going again. Yeah. And, um, like, you're probably not thinking as worried as maybe what you were as a kid. I don't know. What were you thinking? I, I, I just think that just what you said, their experience and how good they are in those types of waves has made their approach just so good for so long. Yeah. Just risk takers that have just loved it. And I think, you know, Miko's cool enough to go, all right, I'm 65. I can't paddle out in fucking 50-foot wire mirror anymore. I probably won't get another go. This could not happen for another five years. I'll be 70. I can't go out when I'm 70. I'll go out with a bang, the biggest ever wire mirror. He got his last heat with Ross Clark Jones. Yeah, that Went party out. wave was something else. Oh, it? those mm. two? That's a fucking 20-foot wave. And Miko's on the inside. He's 65, <laughs> just going. So good. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's good. Well, fuck, that was a classic event. Um, it's inspiring. Yeah, fucking hope it's it is. Inspiring. And most people don't, like, if you're not involved in surfing or around living in these areas, you would have missed it because it's not widely publicised and it needs to be more so for people in, I suppose you're interested in what you are, but that those two, what they were doing was special. I just think you can get old and get bitter and not be want to be around people and be involved because you think your mm. ability's deteriorating mm. and your confidence goes down. So you get a bit jaded. They aren't jaded people. Yeah. They're really happy. They're pumped for the other guys in the heat. Obviously, they didn't get where they wanted to get. Ross Clark Jones, I think, maybe got inside the top 10, but they were out. It's like, it's pure for them. It's not, it wasn't about the result. It was about the, I guess, the experience. That's a good thing you touch on because it's something that you see in the action sports and you see it at the Olympics. Like, there's not that, com- it's competitive, but it's not to the point where it's um, crazy. Like, you still see these guys high five and giving yeah. good energy at the end of it. They're actually genuinely stoked to see people push the, their yeah. limits. It may not be the winning limit, you know, what it does to win it, but they know that those guys have pushed what they can do. And I think that's a cool thing about, you know, a lot of the action sports and how they go about it. Well, they're just pumped for each other. It's, and, and it's something like surfing, that's the unique thing about surfing. You're not training, swimming up and down a pool, looking at a black line. You're not sprinting 100 metres fucking a million times for four years. It's like, man, you could go out and ride waves now and it's waste high and you have the time of your life. Yeah. Or you're Miko and you're 65, paddle out 30-foot wire mirror, have a hell surf, time of your life. Condo, did you take anything, mate? Are you going to jump on a board anytime soon and, 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 and pick it up or, you know, what's what's sort of... No, Condo's no, condo not going to, but I, but I reckon when you come to those extreme sports, you, you make a really good point. And I reckon a lot of that camaraderie is about is about survival because yeah. they're all, they are extreme sports for the, for the use of that word. So they don't, you know, I think everyone probably realises, you know, inside, outside when you're sitting on a wave or you know, in the half pipe or whatever when they're doing these crazy manoeuvres man, uh, and, you know, dropping down 40-foot 40, 40 faces and whatever is that everyone just wants to see everybody come in and, and actually, you know. So when when you see a Michael Ho or a Ross Clark Jones or, you know, Luke Shepard, and, I mean, I think I think it's just fantastic that everybody um, shares, the, shares the stoke and, that, you know, and the, the happiness of what they've achieved because they're just going so beyond just normal limits. And I think... When you look at, like, you know, 
the inspiration with Michael Ho and Ross Clark Jones is I've never met Ross Clark Jones. I've read a lot about him. I've watched everything you can watch on him. But he just strikes me as one guy that gets out of bed every morning and has got a smile on his face regardless of what he's dealing with. Yeah. And those sort of people you you can't spend enough time around. And, and I think they're just – I think Ross would be uh, Ross would be a lot of fun to sit down with and have a few beers with and and listen to his story. Imagine some of the stories he does. Oh shit, yeah, Connor. I reckon. Well, mate, the two people you you mentioned for that May one, if we are to do it, when you're talking Ross Clark Jones and Kerry O'Keefe, I think those two names, mate. I think we we chase hard because they'd both be. All well, you time. look at even you look at Kerry, like he just seems like a, an old guy. He's a lot different approach to commentating and and being around those younger guys as a chapel, like. Yeah, as Greg Chapel or whatever commentates. So, I don't know. You're just drawn to people like that. It's like Brocky, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Brock. Whenever you see Brock, hundred percent, you come away. 100%. You come away feeling you better just about life. Want to hang out with him? Yeah. No, it's a good point. Good point. We'll move on. Uh, NRL Condos. Have you got anything on your? You've been tracking this uh, this player thing, but um, I, I suppose trials start next weekend. Um, it's all about to ramp up in earnest, I suppose, in the next couple of weeks. The preseason uh, games will be uh, that preseason competition. Um, Kondo, what's your? Where's it all standing with the uh, Rugby League Players Association and the NRL? Yeah, well, look, um, they're obviously been going hard. I mean, Clint Newton's been and um, met numerous times now. I think, funnily enough, I don't think any of the meetings have actually involved um, the Landys, which is quite interesting, but. Uh, you know, I mean, there's reports today that the NRL have increased their offer to $1.347 billion to the Players Association. Um, they've knocked that back. I think you'd have to think a deal's imminent, but, you know, the feedback seems to be that there's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of unrest and, and a lot of uh, disharmony with the what's been dealt with by the Landys and Abdo. Anyway, let's just hope that um, a deal is done. Um, the trial start next week. I think we're going to do a few previews uh, from, you know, sort of mid-February into the start of the season. But the one thing that stands out very early for me when you go through and you have a look at the draws is I reckon the Raiders are a really hot chance for top four. They have an absolute dream run with their draw. Um, so I think that's one thing that stands out for me. The second thing that stands out for me, and I'm in tears saying this, but fuck, can the Dragons take any more hits? I mean, Ramsey's now out for the season. Amon's going to be... He's chucking hammers somewhere, but we don't have a hooker. Oh, you know. Anyway, yeah, no, um, maybe a, I do yeah. become a Tiger supporter. I reckon you just do. I reckon you jump ship. <laughs> I just think there's 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 two teams that are that far out in front with the Panthers um, and the Roosters, and you kind of got then you got to probably six or seven teams really really together in the mix. And then you've got the back half of the draw who are fighting out there. There's kind of I I don't know. I kind of feel like. You know, with the Raiders and you talk about draws and stuff, you kind of don't know who's really going to kick on this year because there could be another Cowboys like of last year where you thought, yep, definitely bottom four. All of a sudden they're playing a shot in a grand final. And you know, so there's – Eight guys are in the fucking Queensland team. Exactly. So, you know, they could be thereabouts again. You just – it's a pretty open competition other than those two teams who have got probably enough depth to cover a few injuries. Can the Sharks play – Better than what they played. Will they be better? For, like you know, Nico Hines, second year, another preseason. Are they going to be dangerous? I, I think with the way Fitzy is, he's consistent. Everything about yeah. his approach is consistent. So I don't see anything other like, and and they haven't had any player turnover. 
Yeah. So they've kept the same squad. I mean. So I just see I see the Sharks being consistent. Do I think they've got enough in them to win the comp? Don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? It's hard to say, but I, they, they need to they need to find a little bit more than what they had last year. You know what I mean? They yeah. just didn't have that little bit extra that the the big teams. But I think with Fitzy, what they'll be is consistent, and and they'll be they'll be wonder right what, around that top four. I'd love to. I wonder what uh, what round first game Panthers Roosters is. Is that <laughs> early on? You know, just to see. Yeah. Where they're at, because they're obviously just going to walk through a lot of their first few games. I wonder, just going off the grand final, how fucking much better Penrith were compared to um, Para? Yeah. yeah, like how? I mean, obviously they lost Kickout. They lost. Have they lost Crichton as well, or is he no, going the following he's year? He's another year. Um, they lost uh, Coruscant. Coruscant was a big loss. That, that'll be a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to be their biggest one so far, you reckon? Yeah, well, kick, kick out, to be fair to him, he had his best season last year. He added he added elements to his game that he didn't have. Like, he, you know, he, his work rate was much better. He added a kick to his game, so he was a threat. They could throw it to him early. He could roll it through yeah. for try scoring opportunities or a repeat set. So you couldn't rush up on him yep. without with those threats that he had. So, yeah, look, they've got to replace him. But they've looked at their side and gone, what's – and the other thing too is Spencer Lenu's going to the dogs the week up. Like where's, where are the dogs getting all their money from? They, um, they're getting it from a bloke that films us in the surfing area. It's Hamish McKenzie. So oh, really? He's actually he's – he's done a secret GoFundMe through the mining uh, centre or sector. <laughs> sector. And, uh, yeah, he's actually bankrolling the Bulldogs as we speak. Well, they've just signed Spencer Lenu and Stephen Crichton – on, on, you'd think probably double what they're on at Penrith right now. In what order would have Crichton been on? You reckon 400 now he's on eight or? Probably. Yeah. And, and Lenu was on about 300 and I reckon now yeah, he'd be on mid sixes. Yeah. Um, Are they, but they, besides Burton, besides Addo Carr. They bought Reed Marnie at nine. What would he be on? Six, seven? I don't know. Like, the salary cap's gone up yeah. exponentially. So I think, you know, the teams can play those middling players a lot more now and get bang for their buck, especially if they don't have anyone the who's on 1.3. star guys. But That's true. They don't have a Daily Cherry Evans chocking up half Yeah, like they, before that, did they? No. So what do you think, Kondo? Well, yeah, they, they, they've obviously upgraded Matt Burton as well. So if you have a look at their big ticket items now, they've got Kickout, Reed Marnie, Matt Burton upgraded, Spencer coming and Crichton coming. And mm. and Addo Car, so I don't know. I, I'd say send the auditors in there. That's what I'd say. Firstly, um, boys, before I sign <laughs> off, because I think this uh, connection's going to drop out, but I'm going to go three big calls for the NRL as we get into previews in the next six weeks. I'm calling that uh, the Raiders make the top four, the Eels don't make the top eight, and the Roosters win it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Yeah. Real solid. I don't reckon you. You know, it's um. Yeah, Raiders is a big call. Raiders are a big call. They're just so they're far out. They're, each year you keep thinking they're thereabouts and they find a way to lose so many close games in that second half. I, I don't know what Ricky's going to do to turn it around. I hope he finds the answers down there. Um, well, Condo, we'll love you and leave you, mate. Enjoy New York. Uh, we'll touch base with you on Monday, mate. And, um, yeah, catch up with them. See you, Condo. Have a good time. Yeah, Tell Pac we said happy birthday. Yeah, make sure you lock my joint up so no one gets in. So. Yeah, I'm going to leave <laughs> my kids here. Happy birthday, Pac-Man. See you, mate. Yeah.
Yeah, so we'll leave Condo there. Woody, mate, I suppose, what's up next? We've got uh, cricket, BBL finals are all happening this week. So basically over the next week, every night you turn on the TV, there'll be some form of eliminator, decider. I don't know what they're calling it, but uh, the big game I'm looking forward to, I think it's tomorrow night, is the score tonight, actually, the Scorchers. Um, Scorchers and the Sixers. So Steve Smith's last game here in Australia before he departs with the uh, the test team to India. Uh Bloke's on absolute fire at the moment. Can't be stopped, can he? Oh, he's really, he's really kind of, I guess, turned turned a leaf. I wonder, does this give him, you know, three, four, five extra good years, changing the technique, adding uh, like adding a different, t- is it different types of shots or is it just a different way he sets up prior to the ball? I, th- I think both. He's changed his grip, um, so yeah. he's opened up more more. Opportunities. I think he's got. He's getting more power in his game. That's for certain. Because yeah. mate, when you saw him put that one on the roof at Hobart the other day, I don't know if it happened too often with, you know, the renowned big hitters of the game. Yeah. He's right up there, mate. He's hit over twenty four sixes in two weeks. It's just next Fucking level crazy, what he's yeah. on. So, um, I think he's had you know one score in the twenties, two hundreds, and a sixty something. So you know it bodes well for this weekend. And the Scorchers are a team which don't have. Uh, you wouldn't say they've got any superstars in their team, but they're the most consistent team and probably the best culture, and that's why they've been the, you know, the, probably the most consistent team across BBL history. So uh, it'll be a good, it'll be a good matchup either way. Yeah, I'm frothing. I'm that's who I go for. I go for the Sixers. I hope they get up. Yep. Is that your team? Who's your team? Oh, you'd be Brisbane Heat. Br- Brisbane Heat. They're still in the dance. They've got the Thunder this weekend in yep. one of those um, oh, kind like of – Eliminate. Yeah, eliminate. Almost well, like an NFL wild yeah, card. exactly. Yep. And um, so Marnus will still be playing in that. They've got a few players there who, oh, who do all right. Ness has been going. Michael Neese yeah. has been going really well for him. So, um, yeah, look, they're in, they're in with the hunt. But, I, you know, for the life of me, I don't know. Is Stark around playing for the Sixers? No, the he's Aussie? not. No, they've, they've left a lot of the quicks out yeah. off because they know what the, what's Work coming in India. Yep. Yeah, so it's only really the batters that have been able to play and Alex Carey with the strikers too. He's been he's been yep. going pretty well too. So, um, look, I, I look forward to that Indian tour. It's one of the I'm best – It's one of the best tours – Two tours of cricket coming up in terms of going to India and then also the Ashes. So a bit get it India, get it India. I love it. Uh, NFL Woody, huge weekend coming up. Um, it's what well, we what we know as the semi-finals. So basically, yeah, conference finals. Yeah. So this was before the NFL was actually born. You had the two different leagues: the National Football League and, and the, the American, American Football yep. League. So now they're you know. AFC and the NFC, and that combines obviously into the NFL. So you win your conference, and then you go into the Super Bowl. So that's kind of how they decided to merge, I guess, bring them together. And we've got Bengals versus the Chiefs, which was the last. Bengals. It's a it's a replay of last year's one. Yep. And then you've got the Eagles against the 49ers. So another yeah. cracker. It's the four, pretty cracker. much the four best teams in the last half of the year. Yeah, oh, I'm pumped for this. It's cracking games. I think the big one for us is obviously Jordan Malata, the Aussie. Um, you know, plays left tackle there, protecting the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. He, look, it's a great story, obviously, coming from South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, playing flag and everything there, and almost just being too big to make it in rugby league. So uh, Jordan Malata, uh, he'll start, and that's one of the great things because I don't think we've had – like, we've had kickers do really well. Obviously, Colin Scott's made it as a player – um, one of the first to ever play properly on the field. But, yeah, look, Jordan Millard has gone to another level in terms of what he's at. Um, he's a freak. Mm. And it's and it, they could win. They could seriously Shit win. Yeah. Jalen Hurst plays as good and he stays pretty on the park. They're a good chance. Yeah, for sure. And, mate, Philly. Yeah, we got, we got 
We've got my child, everyone. <laughs> it's a cockroach. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be a tight it'll be two tight games. <laughs> so, <laughs> who's your who's your pick for the two two games? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bengals again against yep. the Chiefs, and I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go the 49ers against the Eagles. Yeah. yeah, no, I think the Eagles at home they'll get it done. Yeah, it'll be, oh, that'll be the hard one to pick. Yeah, um, you going the Bengals, eh? I'm going the Bengals. Yeah. Really? You think yeah. they'll they'll go to? Yeah, I'll go there and win. I think they will. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes' ankle's fucked. Yeah, I know, and Jalen Hurts is not completely healthy yeah. either. So I get both of those, but yeah, I'll, I'll go the opposite. I, I think e, I'll go. Yeah, you're gonna go Chiefs and Eagles. Chiefs and Eagles for All the right. final. No, it right, should be good. So, um, get off the fence this week. Look. I'm, Few things come up in the Australian Open. Obviously, Wimbledon last year. Everyone's sort of, you know, anti the Russian government, anti Putin, yeah. anti the war in the Ukraine. A uh, few, I guess, direct questions towards uh, is it Victoria Azarenka? Yeah, in the post match, yeah. after she lost the uh, semi final, she did not take them well. Obviously, she's spent a whole life trying to be, you know, the best tennis player she could ever be, and uh, like all the other Russian tennis players, have. Just got fucking shit canned almost, eh? Don't you reckon? To well, war, in regards to being a part of, it's like they're fucking throwing grenades. They're fucking doing none of that. They're just doing their best. Yeah. And most of these, you know, the girls, guys, whoever they are, who've made it to the top, they're not. Have come from poverty, and mate. They've come. They've come from working their absolute backsides off, and a chance for them to get out. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't think they should be punished for the sins of whatever their government's doing. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just kind of with you too, unless them. they're promoting it and they're encouraging yeah. it. Fuck them off. But if they're just trying to play tennis and they've got no political agenda, I think they've got to be. I think there's got to be a bit of slack there because maybe their family members are getting uh, drafted yeah. with no no choice. You know, maybe they don't want to speak out because they're afraid someone's going to kill one of their family members. Yeah. There's so much other stuff that no one even sees. Yeah, I just think there yeah, that's a big get off the fence for us. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, mate. So look, the the women's final a uh, couple of nights time. Features a Kazakh and a uh, and a Russian as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah they, um, good all, luck to both girls. That's all that Eastern Bloc. Yeah, and that's purely, I reckon, like you said, just no money. The work rate has got them there. Yep. It's not because Putin's fucking giving them this and that <laughs> and the other, you know. So yeah. why should they get shit canned? Oh, no, I just I'd, don't see it. No, I totally agree with you. Uh, balls deep this week. Look, I'm just going to go with a couple of. Uh, a couple of Aussies who were celebrated just with the Australia Day Awards. Say what you want about Australia Day and the date. Oh, personally, yeah. I think it should be changed. But um, just in terms of the good with it are yeah. those awards. And um, um, three sporting sort of ones that are we in Manila, the Aussie, the Aussie Sudanese guy who played um, with the um, Socceroos at the World Cup there. He was awarded um, – Australia Day Award, you oh, know what epic. I mean? Yeah, mate, just what he's been through with his family. Yeah. Um, what he does in, um, I think it's, what's he called? It called Bare Feet to Boots. He runs a charity basically getting these kids into soccer in the refugee camps. Um, so uh, him and his family, mate, you know, great role models for Australians, I think, to look to. So he was at Clint Newton, Rugby League, yeah, what he's epic. done for Rugby League in yep. terms of the Players Association. And also Preston Campbell. Uh, epic. Freak of a player, but... It's his well, work off the field with well, Indigenous communities and yeah. getting kids into the games. Just, you know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, to those three, well done. Um, look, we got kids running everywhere. Yeah. It's an absolute shit show here. Um, Woody, well done for even making it, mate. You've done yeah. well to dodge, put out spot fires here and there. So, uh, it was mate. a pleasure. Des, <laughs> a pleasure. I'm going to strangle my kids after this. Everyone out there, 
Don't have kids straight away. Enjoy your <laughs> life first. Love yous and leave yous. All right. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>